We've been talking about the Our Father. Second last message. There's one more to go after this. We're, after, we're up to line six in the prayer. There's a little bit more than what you think in this prayer, isn't there? If you want to find it. Who wants to know how to pray better? All of us. Well, Jesus in Luke 11, he, he said, this is the way you pray. And it's not the only way you can pray, but there's so much in this prayer. Why don't we stand up and we are going to pray New King James Version from 11, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 11. And we'll pray the prayer together. I'm on to this because, you know, everywhere there's taken the Our Father out of the government and everywhere I reckon it's the craziest, craziest thing because this is a universal prayer that anybody can pray and it really has so many keys to life in it. But let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And everybody said, take a seat. So we're talking about the bit that says, lead us not into temptation. Something you've got to know, and anyone who's been around for a while, the minute you say a serious yes to Jesus, the opposite generally seems to the opposition generally starts. Can anybody relate to that? When you say yes, you make a determination, you're going to do something for Jesus. It's not necessarily all going to be, you know, just a bed of roses. It's like sometimes there is a spiritual reaction. Can you relate to that? Has anybody ever had a spiritual reaction in their life where they've decided they're going to do something for God and they get a reaction? Come on, just don't nod. That's good, that's better. I just want to make sure that you've actually said a genuine yes to Jesus. <laughs> so it's often a spiritual reaction and many call this spiritual warfare. So spiritual warfare is a reality. And it's often an unseen battle, but you know that something's going on. Like sometimes things are happening and you think, that's just not natural. You know, there's something going on in the background. It's like something opposing our forward movement. And it is very, very, very real. You know, one of the things we've been talking a lot about over the last couple of months also is the church at Ephesus. And, the, and while the church was just a dozen or so people in a room and probably praying every day, there didn't seem a whole lot of opposition, but there was not a lot of forward momentum neither. And it's when you get going forward that the opposition comes, because we know that Paul came in there, the apostle, he laid his hands on the believers and according to the Bible, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. That was the first step in the upgrade. But, you know, the opposition weren't too worried about it. But when that church began to keep coming up to another level, you know, God wants to bring us through different levels. 
then eventually you get to the stage where the devil is reacting to you. And if you go into Acts chapter 19, it talks about how, uh, you know, there was all sorts of signs and wonders that was happening. You know, people were getting healed. Uh, they, were, they were anointing the cloths with oil, the handkerchiefs, and sending them out, and people were getting healed. So the higher the church was going, the, you know, the more the supernatural was breaking out, but at the same time, there was a reaction. And, uh, and, and, you know, there was all sorts of things happening. You know, it said there at one stage that, uh, you know, many departed from the way and spoke evil to the multitudes. That is what you call a spiritual reaction. So when the, when the uh, you know, people are speaking evil to the multitudes about you, it does not necessarily mean that anything's gone wrong. It, it just means that you are becoming more spiritually influential in the realm that God's called you in. Uh, so this is what happens. Now, this is what you call spiritual warfare. Okay, and it's a, it's a reality. It, it's happening all around us all the time. Now, I want to bring this into context because this morning, the line in the Our Father, the sixth line and principle that I'm talking about is this, lead us not into temptation. So it's a wrestle of faith that we are in on this earth. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 to 16. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand." This talks about the reality of spiritual warfare. There is spiritual warfare going over a generation of young people, young children. And, and so many of them have not yet come into the kingdom of his glorious light. This is spiritual warfare. And we, the church, are called into this contest to contest for those children. We are called into this spiritual warfare to contest for our city because our city has a destiny. It has a trajectory. And God has put the church in the city, in our case, in the middle of the city, to bring blessing in the, into the city, to bring the presence of God into the city. And sometimes that involves spiritual warfare. For those that have truly said a genuine yes to Jesus, we know that there is going to be a spiritual warfare. We also know this, that the word now refers to us as new creations. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man or woman is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. He's now born of the Spirit and he has been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear Son. And the representation or one of the representations of the kingdom of his dear Son on the earth is the local church in that city. 
So when people come to Christ, they can find Christ outside, but their destiny is outworked in the context of the local church. But the point I want you to know this is that in Him, say that after me, in Him, we are now new creations. All our victories on this earth are also in Him. In fact, it says in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, it says, for in Him, we move and live and have our being. So God has called us into himself. You know, one of the things about being born again is now Jesus lives on the inside of me. But as we grow, we are growing up into him. And we are becoming more in him. And it's like, when we're like that, we're hidden from the world. Uh, One of my mentors puts it this way. Uh, Actually, Dr. Jonathan, he, he talks about, you know, being in Christ. And he's, he's got a bit of an unusual way of describing that. He talks about, you know, the Roadrunner movie and you've got the, you know, got the Roadrunner and you've got the coyote behind him and the Roadrunner's going and he's got to hide from the coyote. And he finds a rock with a big crack in it and he hides himself in the rock. And I think it's a fabulous analogy because we are called to not only live our life in this world, but we are called to live our life in Christ. And all the victories that we have on this earth, we have in Him. God wants you to win. I want to say that again. God wants you to win. He wants you to advance. He wants you to break through. He wants to restore your family. And these are what you call victories And all of our victories are in him. So if we can get a revelation of him in us and us in him, we cannot be stopped in this world. Let's talk about this. All of our victories are in what he did. Our victories are in his sinless walk on the earth. When Jesus came into the earth, he walked as a man and lived a sinless life. So this is our victory. You know, it's impossible for us to live a sinless life. But Jesus did it on our behalf. Does that make sense? Very quiet this morning. If you think I'm preaching well, say, great. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, far out. I think I'll move right back and pray for a resurrection. (laughs) Come on, give me an amen. Let's practice. Say amen. Say, Jesus rules. Jesus rules. Jesus can change everything. everything. Amen. You've got to open your mouth. It's good. It's good. So we now, the word refers to us as new creations and all of our victories are in him. You know, when Jesus, good. Thank you, Kevin. That's good. That's one. One convert. In his confrontation and victory over the devil, during the 40 days of testing in the wilderness. According to the scripture, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and tempted by the devil. You read all about it there in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. So Jesus got tempted by the devil. He got 
tested by the devil. And now the prayer is, the prayer is lead us not into temptation. I don't want God to lead me into the wilderness unnecessarily where I have got to confront the devil the way that Jesus did. It was like a personal manifestation of the devil and Jesus had to win at every level at that place. And you know what? Jesus, the man, filled with the Spirit because it happened straight after the heavens opened and, and he was baptised with the Spirit and sent out into the wilderness, Jesus won the battle at every point. Jesus has already won the victory for us. Do you know a lot of the battles that you and I are going to have in this life Jesus has already won them. We don't have to go and win them. You don't have to die on the cross. Amen? You don't have to do that. Now we are living sacrifices. Why? Because Jesus already won the battle. So now we are walking in victory in Him. The victory that He had is our victory. Now, I want you to know this this morning. You are not called to live an ordinary life. You are called to live a supernatural life. You are called to a life of victory. Amen. Come on, say amen. You are called to a a life of victory. You're called to overcome. You're called to win. Now, what you've got to do, say amen. Say it's true. It's true. Say to the person next to you, it's true. You disobedient things. Still love you. See, sometimes we've got to find the spirit on the inside of us. We've got to give him voice. Amen. We're called to walk in victory. Nothing can stop you when you get the revelation that you're in him. Amen. To stop you, they've got to stop him. It's wonderful. So, so in his confrontation and victory over the devil, during the 40 days of testing in the wilderness, we don't have to go and fight that fight. There is victory in Jesus' redeeming and atoning sacrifice on the cross and the shedding of his blood. When he shed his blood on the cross, it was sinless, it was pure, it was incorrupted, and it was shed for us. And now we are cleansed by the blood in him. It's not something that I can do myself. It's already done. Jesus already did it. Say amen. I'm going to start training you again. (laughs) Say amen. Say it's true. Say it's not lying. lying. All right, that's good. We're getting there. Now, now this is the next thing. Now, so all our victories are in him, right? You got that part? And God's called us to a victorious life, but all our victories are in him. Now we are raised up together with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. This is our spiritual position. Our physical position this morning is in the church, on the seats, or doing whatever we're doing. But our spiritual position this morning is a place of spiritual authority. And this is what it says. We are now raised up together with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. Who wants to open up Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6? 
for me this morning and read it with a loud voice so I know that you're listening. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Christy, can you do that? She's taken notes, so... Sorry for interrupting your note-taking. Big voice, Christy. Yep. Awesome. Now come out here so I just make sure they all hear that. And you can shout amen because it's straight out of the Bible. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, so this is what Jesus did. You know, when he did all those things on the cross, firstly, sinless life. Secondly, confronting the devil in the wilderness. Thirdly, uh, uh, confronting the devil in his earth walk. Fourthly, his atoning death and resurrection and the shedding of his blood and fifthly is resurrection from the dead he did it for us now according to the bible we are one with him he is in us and we are in him now if you get this and you get this revelation your life will change if you don't get it you'll sort of always be battling in your mind, wondering, tossed to and fro. That's why I like you to say amen, because sometimes your head doesn't get it, but your heart gets it. So say amen. amen. Say yes, we can do this. God has called us to an extraordinary life. Because, fantastic, because now what he's saying about you and I is that we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Now, this morning, Jesus is not on the earth. His Holy Spirit is here, though, in the church, in us. You felt him this morning. He's here in the church. He's in you and I. But Jesus is in heaven, in the heavenly realm, in the highest place, seated on the throne in the heaven. That is where Jesus is. So where is he, Mercedes? Yes, speak big voice so everybody can hear. So in the heavenly realm, that's where Jesus is. And we are seated with him. This is talking about spiritual position. Where is our position? Al, speak it out. In the heavenly realm, at the right hand of Jesus. So when Jesus puts out, when we speak, Jesus acts on our behalf. It's like we are partners with him. Such a powerful position. This is a place of incredible victory and authority. And this is the basis of when we pray for the sick. When we pray for the sick, if we know this, people can be healed just like they were in Jesus' day. Yeah? Do you believe that? There's people in this church that have been healed, set free. So, so Jesus has raised us. I'm walking on the earth here in front of you this morning, but spiritually my connection is in the heavenly realm, right into the throne room. So when we speak in the name of Jesus, things can change. 
Now, I'll tell you what, the enemy wants to keep you um, ignorant of those facts. He, he wants it to be a religious thought, but not a real thought. But when we pray, we are praying, we can pray the most awesome prayers. We can pray as sons and daughters of God, your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. And we can pray that with absolute authority because we are now seated with him. It's like Jesus said it. You know, Jesus can't be everywhere. He can't be everywhere. Jesus is not omnipresent. God is. The Holy Spirit is. But Jesus can't be. And that's why he's put his church in every locality. That is the job of the church. It is to take its place of authority, of victory, to live out a victorious life. Do you know what that means to you and me? Is if you're battling with something today, as you walk with God and you get a greater revelation of Christ on the inside of you, you can overcome everything. You can win every battle. You can win the war. You can win the war. You can win spiritual battles. Man, I've had some stuff to overcome. You know, like uh, I'm here now and by the grace of God, I'm standing and I'm strong. But you know, there's been attacks. You know, you, you can tell whether it's the devil talking about you by what he says. You know, this is amazing. But you've got to know who Jesus is. And you've got to know that he's on the inside of you. Amen. And you've got to get, you've got to find your voice. You know, Jesus came, he was the word made flesh, came into the earth. He became like the voice of God on the earth. You know, quite often we're thinking. This is why I'm always looking for a response. Because if you can be a person who says an absolute yes, you can begin to walk in great victory. You know, we need to, because if we don't, the enemy will lead us into evil. We'll be continually led into evil. We will find a level and never be able to go higher. We'll battle with the old thoughts, the old addictions, the old habits, the old ways, and think, why does it work for him? Why does it work for her, but not me? Because we haven't really built this thing onto the inside of us. Amen? You are called to win. You're called to rise. You're called to make a difference. You're called to uh, be a catalyst for a move of God in your workplace, in your family. You're called to be the agent of change, not just a listener in church. You know, the trouble is the church is full of listeners, but it needs hearers and doers who go, yes, I'm going to do that. Yes, I'm going to live that way. Yes, I'm going to rise up and become. Say amen. amen. Good. It's good when you say amen. Let me tell you that, you know, I believe this. You know, when I'm preaching, I sort of, this is a little just a funny picture how it might help you. But, you know, when you're typing on a keyboard, all the stuff comes up on the screen. It's there on the screen, but nothing happens until you hit enter. And, you know, when you say amen, you're going, I got that word, enter. And it goes, whoa, in there. Amen. 
So we've got to think like that. Like the devil is a copycat. Everything on this earth is a copy of what Jesus has put there. So when the word gets on the inside of your spirit and you come alive on the inside of your spirit, then something's going to happen. Do you know what? You don't have to pray for revival. I'm having one right now, regardless of whether you are or not. I'm revived. You can't put me to death because the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of me and he has given life to my mortal bodies. It's your mind that's got to change. It's you that's got to change. You step up this morning and say, I'm not going to be led by the evil one. I'm going to be led around by the nose. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, he leads us in triumphal procession. He can't be stopped. Man, you might get some, you know, some knockbacks and kickbacks and uh, people saying all sorts of things about you. You know, it's interesting. Like, a lot of people, they blame the devil for things that happen. And, you know, probably wasn't the devil anyway. I don't know that the devil really knows who you are yet. I think he knows about this church. You know, when uh, in Acts chapter 19, when they went to uh, cast the demons out of, uh, out of some dude, the seven sons of Sceva, you know, the holy blokes, they were religious church attenders, but they had nothing in the spirit. And they went to kick out these devils because, you know, we're dealing with stronger devils now. And the devil goes to them, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who are you? It's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> and they got belted up, their clothes ripped off and were sent out of town naked as a jaybird. <laughs> See, what we've got to do is we've got to learn our authority. And our authority is not in our own, it's in Christ. If we get a revelation of who we are in Christ, we can win every battle. We can win the war. You know, this spiritual warfare, God actually planned it. And, and, you know, he put his church on the earth to overcome and win the spiritual war. But some people don't know there is spiritual war. And they're just under the control of the evil one. They don't know. But man, when you start to get an idea of your freedom and you start to raise your voice, you'll find the devil then. He'll go, there she is. That's Christy from Stratford. She's a pain in the neck. <laughs> she used to be such a sweet little thing and went to church every six weeks. Now look at her. And she used to turn up at 10.30. Now she's turning up at 10.10. She's getting serious about this. Oh, man, come on. You know, this is Joe. He never used to go to the prayer meeting, but now he's turning up to the prayer meeting. He's turning up to the prayer meeting. This is Mercedes. She used to just think she was like everyone else in the school, but then she heard God's voice, and then she started saying it. And she came to me this morning, and she said, I think I prophesied in the prayer meeting. <laughs> See, all of a sudden, it's a big disappointment if the devil doesn't even know who you are. 
There's probably a church down there in Pakenham and somebody tells the devil and the devil goes, is there really? Is there really? The devil doesn't even know. Why? Because everybody's in bed. They don't come to the prayer meeting. They're all on their little computers, on their iPhones, and they don't know who they are because the world 24-7 is telling them who they are, who they are not. But I'm a new creation made in the image of God. God lives on the inside of me. And you can tell me I'm ugly, and you're probably right, but Christ lives on the inside of me. And that's the only thing that's going to change you. A lot of people know stuff in their head. They know it in their head. But if you've got Christ on the inside of you, you'll never get talked out of it. Watchman Nee spent two-thirds of his life in prison because he knew who he was. You're not dangerous until you know who you are. You'll be led all over the place. Led here, led there. But God doesn't want us to be like that, amen? You getting the picture this morning? Now we are raised up, we're seated with him. Lord, lead us not into temptation. The Greek, Greek word for temptation is purasmos. It's the same word as testing and trials. It's a very confusing concept, actually. Now, in reality, I want you to know this. As sons and daughters of God, we are going to be tested. It's going to happen. But you need to know the source. You need discernment now more than ever. You need to discern the source of attacks when they come. Do you know the Lord's Prayer, it's just amazing. It's incredible wisdom and revelation. And it's partly a petition. It's partly a petition. In other words, give us this day our daily bread is a petition. But you give us this day our daily bread is a declaration. They're both true. So here it says, Lord, lead us not into temptation. But really, the Lord will not lead us into temptation. But we're going to be tested. Does it make sense? So when we pray, we say, Lord God, you are going to give me my daily bread. Pray it every day. You, Lord, are not going to lead me into temptation, but you're going to lead me into victory. So you, uh, putting the you before it makes a big difference. And, and, you know, we need to live this way because Jesus has already won the battle. He's already done it. You can't get any more saved than you are if you're really saved. But you can become more dynamic on the inside if you get a revelation of what's being said. Now, this is the reality. It is the devil or demonic realm that tempts or entices. That's not God. So some things happen and we can think, oh, you know, the Lord's testing me, but it's not, it's temptation. So there's two things. There is tempting and there is testing. So there's two things that are going on in our lives, and I just want you to discern this. Two things that are going on in our lives. Firstly, testing that God allows. 
My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, along the way in life, God is going to allow tests to come your way. So that's the first thing, testing. The second one is temptation. We need to discern this in the word because the word tempting and uh, temptation and testing is very similar. So firstly, testing, there is testing which God allows. Secondly, there is temptation which comes from the devil or the demonic realm. And that's going to happen every day of our life. There's going to be tempting. There's going to be something going on. Now listen to this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you, such as is common to man, but God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will also, God will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, that's really fantastic. Two things. One, God's going to allow you to be tested. I've been through lots of them, lots of tests. And anyone that's been really following Christ for a long, long time will be through lots of tests. I mean, uh, you know, back in our early days, I lost my niece, my brother. They were massive tests, they were massive tests of faith. You know, there's not a darn thing I could have done about it. They are tests. But then there is the devil enticing us. It's what happens when we're flicking through with our media and the enemy jumps out and he begins to pull you in. This is temptation. It's when you begin to cross the lines of what is correct before God and you develop that habit, you're beginning to give in to temptation. God wants you to become stronger than your temptation. Let me read it to you again. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You can't say the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. You know, it's like he puts something in front of us and we begin to follow that rather than God. That's what temptation is. So do you see the difference? Testings, God will allow. Temptation, the enemy will bring. And we need to be able to determine what's what. Now, there's a principle I want you to learn here is this. When things go wrong, has anybody ever had things that go wrong? Yeah. I mean, go really wrong. Don't blame God. Don't blame God or other people. You are being tested. Amen. I've been test through tests in just about every area. And I think anyone who's called the lead, you're going to get tested. It's going to happen. Your obedience to God will be tested. Your faith will be tested. Your integrity with people will be tested. 
So, so it's, it's a principle. So when things go wrong, what do we do? Sometimes we blame God or people. You know, this is the human nature. So when things went wrong in the garden, after Adam and Eve were tempted, what did they do? They blamed the serpent. She blamed the servant. He blamed her. They didn't take responsibility. When things go wrong, don't blame God or other people. You are just being tempted. God doesn't tempt, he tests. It's like a classroom. It's like a classroom. And sometimes there's testing that allowed. Like Jacob, uh, sorry, Job. Job was a righteous man. He's a righteous man. And the enemy actually came to God, the devil, and said, what about your servant Job? And, the, and God allowed Jacob, uh, sorry, allowed the devil to go and test Job. It's a principle. And we know that Job, he passed the test. So this is something that is going to happen in our life. And testing is part of it. You know, in school, testing precedes promotion. And if we want to go higher, we've got to pass the test that we are going in through now. Are you being tested now? Is there something going on in your life? And it comes back to this area of leadership because God wants to lead you into victory. You've got to ask yourself this question in times of, uh, in times of testing or following times of testing. Did you learn the lesson that you didn't know? The last seven years, I've been through a particular test. And many of you have watched me go through that test. And the question that God keeps asking me is, did you learn love? The testings are not because God wants to make your life hard, but the testings are so that we learn the lesson because promotion follows. I want to encourage you this morning, don't waste your trouble. Learn from it. Don't waste your times of restriction or difficulty, learn from it. God is at work in our life every day. Now, I want to give you the answer to this because it says in the prayer, the sixth point is lead us not into temptation. Here is the answer to this problem. It's to ask God to lead us with his spirit. Ask God to lead us because God wants to lead you. Do you know what? Somebody is going to lead you. All these children that we have in the church, somebody's going to lead them. Somebody's leading us. And we've got a choice of who we follow. We need to make sure that we follow Holy Spirit, that we are connected to Him. So in our hearts... I believe one of the greatest answers to not falling into this area of temptation or testing unnecessarily is that we would develop in our life a pattern of hearing God's voice clearly. Clearly. That's why I want you to hear. On a Sunday morning, I don't want you to be quiet and non-participative in the, in the seats. I want to engage you. 
Because see, God wants to make you. He wants to build you. He, he wants you strong on the inside. He wants you not just to know it on the inside of the head, but he wants you to hear with your heart. See, the answer to being not led into evil is to be led by his spirit. We need to teach our young people to live by the spirit. You know, our young people must learn early. You know, my focus when I meet with you is what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? I'll always ask it. Because that is the point of contact. That is the point where we begin to grow. So the answer is to pray. So we can pray like this. And this is where I wanted to finish this morning. Lead us not into temptation. Pray like this. Don't just pray, lead us not into temptation. You've got to know, is this testing or is this temptation? And you've got to hear God's voice. When things go wrong, it doesn't mean they've gone wrong. It means you're getting tested. You know, we at one stage were doing very well financially in, in a business and, and a bit of pride crept in. And God almost overnight reduced our assets. You know, you can blame the devil, and I'm sure he was in on it a bit, but it was a test. And we've got to learn the lesson during the testing. Do you know what? These are testing times. I think the next couple of years are going to test people. And, and, you know, there's going to be both those things. There's going to be testing that comes from God and there's going to be temptation in your face like never before. And God wants us stronger on the inside. Do not fall into the trap of coming to church and being what James calls a hearer but not a doer, deceiving yourselves. This is a time to latch on to the truth of God's word that is being taught right here because God wants you to rise up. He wants that victorious spirit that's on the inside of you in seed form to begin to manifest wherever you are in the workplace. If there's no opportunity in the workplace for Christ to manifest there, it could be a test or it could be time for you to get out into a place and take a step of faith because God has called you to change the world. Amen. I tell you, you know, we are seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus, spiritually speaking, in the spirit realm. Lost in addictions is not the place for sons and daughters of God. It's a time to break free and break loose. Now, it may not happen overnight, but when you start to hear God's voice, God will give you incredible strategies. It's like David in the Psalms. He had an issue with fear. David, the great leader, and he said, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from my fear. God wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free into a glorious destiny in Christ Jesus. Not just in church. Amen. Why don't you stand? I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for everyone that's here this morning. And I thank you especially for this 
wonderful prayer that you've given us. Lord, we've got no excuses because you've given us everything that we need. One, you gave us Jesus. You gave us Jesus. Number two, you gave us the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just touch minds and hearts. You know, I believe that some people have been actually led into realms where the enemies like trap them. And, uh, you know, it's like traps. The enemy sets traps. But this morning, God wants to release you from that. He wants to release you from that trap. You know, it's like that uh, scripture said, you know, uh, no temptation, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. But God who is faithful will not allow you to be tempted or tested beyond, beyond what you're able. You know, God wants to turn it around. God wants you to turn it around. He can't turn it around. You need to. As you engage with the precious Holy Spirit, He's going to give you power to overcome. He's going to give you power to win. Man, this is a winning church. You are a winning group of people. The Spirit of Christ is on the inside, the same Spirit. The trouble is, I see this negotiating, you know, and it's just sort of like a, a, you know, lost in the realm of thought and the enemy pulling people down a pathway. But this morning, he wants to set us free. He wants to set us free from the influence of the evil one. Lord, we pray, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into unnecessary testing. Man, Jesus already faced the enemy head on. Now we need Christ on the inside of us. Lord, I pray this morning, fill us. Do you want to pray that with me? Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, we praise you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, going to be talking more about this next time I come back. But sometimes, if you can see it like this, you know, the people, many people that have come into this church have had real influence of the evil one and they've been set free from it. But sometimes if you could see in the spirit, it would be like, it'd be like some kind of a rope that goes out and it's, and it's connected to their spirit, their psyche, whatever. And it's like when they begin to go forward, the enemy pulls that and he pulls them out. I've seen this happen over and over. It is a predictable and repeatable thing. God wants you to overcome. He wants you to say, that's enough, I'm going to serve God. That's enough, I'm going to break through. That's enough, I'm going to change the way I think. And you won't do it without Jesus. You won't do it. Where's our musicians this morning? Good, good. Thank you. Are you good, guys? Does anybody this morning want to break those shackles and break that chain? You know, sometimes we can get lost in the realm of negative emotion. That's a big one. Negative emotion, you know, we love God, we, we want to serve Him, but it's like this negative thing that just holds us. Negative about life, about ourselves, about others. 
Man, you can't afford to be like that. Amen. Amen. Who wants to break the shackles this morning? Who wants to be set free in the Holy Ghost? It's good. It's fantastic. Man, I tell you, when you break those chains, there's a newness will come over you because you've got a call on your life, you know, and I'll tell you why the enemy attacks because he knows you're dangerous. You're a good person. You're a good person. You've got God in you. But man, the enemy comes against and he batters you. Do you know what the enemy does? He batters people. He, it's like, you know, the enemy can come along and bite you or snap at you and that's nothing. But when he buffets you, day in, day out, you just want to quit. You want to quit. You can't rise. Lead us not into temptation. Father, I just thank you. I just thank you, Lord, for every life. Negativity and fear. Don't fear. Don't fear what's going on in the world. Don't fear what's going on in the world. Be aware. But let me tell you, buy a house. Make an investment. Travel the world and preach the gospel. Have kids. Fear. The only people who should not be afraid on the earth are Christians. Set yourself free this morning. Set yourself free. This is where, if you'll come with me, if I could teach you one thing, every one of you, that would make sure that you broke in, break through in every area, there'd probably be three things that I'd teach you that I guarantee would change your life. One is to pray in the Spirit properly. Number two is to find your voice. Is to find your voice. You've got to find your voice. That's why if I don't help you find your voice on a Sunday morning, that's my one hour, two hours with you. But do you know what? Most of the preaching in our nation is going on. It's the transfer of thought, but it's meant to be the impartation of life. How good's that? So what was the first one? Praying in the spirit. Number two, finding your voice. That's a good start. Hearing God's voice. If you don't do that, if you don't do that, you may not be here later on. Amen. God, I pray for everyone here that something had just come down on them this morning that's going to help them to break the cycle of negativity, fear, and defeat. In the name of Jesus.